You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm 18, uh, verse 27. I did not um, cover this verse last uh, Sunday night. I just, we ran out of time, so I want to hit it quickly, and we're going to move on to the next section. Verse 27, Psalm 18. Thou wilt save the afflicted people, but wilt bring down high looks. That word afflicted, it's speaking of people who are poor, people who are weak. People who are depressed, people that are humble. We see in this section of Psalm 18, we see God's care for those that are afflicted. Aren't you glad God cares about people? Especially if you're in that category, if you are afflicted, if you're poor, if you're weak, you're depressed, you're humble, God cares and he will save the afflicted. But then we see God will bring down high looks. We see how God deals with Conceit, number 10, God deals with pride. Uh, That word high looks, it speaks about someone who is haughty, someone who is uh, full of pride. These six things doth the Lord hate. First on that list is a proud look. And may God help us to be humble. God saves the humble, but he brings down the proud. Let's look at verse 28. We'll jump into the new section here in Psalm 18. Psalm 1828, thou wilt light my candle. That word candle there is a word, the word lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by thee I have run through a troop. Say, what's a troop? That's not just one soldier. That's not just two or three soldiers. That's the whole army. Here's a confident man. A man who is confident in the power of God. He says, if I've got God on my side, I'll take on the whole army. Bring them on. By my God, I have run through a troop. And by my God, have I leaped over a wall. Now, I've jumped over some fences before, especially when I've had dogs chasing me, right? We've all done that. It's amazing how high you can jump when you got a dog chasing you. But I've never jumped over a wall. But David says, I have so much confidence in God, I'm willing to run through the army and I'm willing to jump over the wall because I know that God has all power. I know that God can help me. Verse number 30, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler, that's a shield to all those that trust in him. For who is God? Save the Lord. Or who is a rock? Save our God. It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet. He setteth me upon my high places. Now, notice verse 27. God brings down high looks. But here we see in verse 33, God sets his people up on high places. You see, if you try to elevate yourself, God's going to have to bring you down. But if you'll bring yourself down, God will raise you up. Verse number 34, he teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation and thy right hand hath holden me up and thy gentleness 
hath made me great. Lord, speak to us, I pray, in these few moments. Uh, this evening, I thank you for a wonderful day. Uh, Lord, my heart already has been so stirred. Uh, I've been so blessed. I've enjoyed getting to be with your people. I've enjoyed hearing these dear folks sing and just to get to see them. I thank you for all those children that came to the children's choir and those that went out tonight for pastor's pals. I thank you for the families here. I thank you for uh, those who, uh, who tonight made it a priority to be in your house. I thank you for that. And I pray that you would please now help us not to waste our time. Help us, Lord, to get something from your word that we can take with us and we can live and apply this week. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 28, I see, number one, I see the light. The light that we have comes from God. I told the children's choir uh, this evening, we were talking about how that we are to let our light so shine, right? That's what Matthew 5 says. It says, ye are the light of the world. But where does that light really come from? Well, it comes from the true light. Jesus is the true light of the world. What are we? We're just reflecting that light. Well, there's nothing good in us. If somebody sees you or they see me without Jesus, Lord, help us all, right? We're a mess. As a matter of fact, we're mean. We're ugly without the Lord. But wouldn't it be great this week if people could see the beauty of God, the, the beauty of Christ? Wouldn't it be great if people could see Jesus Christ in our lives? Let's reflect that light this week. Let's reflect some joy and peace and some long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. Let's reflect the fruits of the Spirit, not because it's in us, but because we've got Jesus in us. We've got something to show to this world. We see the light, thou, David says, God, you're the one that lights my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. Now, the Bible tells us about itself that the word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. The Bible also tells us that the Holy Spirit is the oil that keeps that lamp going. It's the fuel that keeps that fire burning. So this week, if you're going to have a light, you're going to have to spend some time with Jesus. You're going to have to get in the book and you're going to have to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And when you do, it's amazing how your path gets clear. It's amazing how, how the, the, the decisions you'll face this week, they become very clear and they become very bright. Uh, Proverbs says the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. When you're in the will of God, you're doing what God's word says, you're walking in the, in the Holy Spirit of God, it's amazing how things get clearer. I'm not saying they get easier. There will be some hardships in the Christian life, but it will be clear to you when you walk in the way of the Lord, it'll be clear, this is the way. Walk ye in it. We see, number one, the light. Don't let Satan blow out your light. Don't let doubt Put out your light. Uh, the fire not only gives a light, but the fire gives heat. Now, a couple days ago, we wouldn't need to be talking about heat, would we? But get ready. I saw the weather forecast. They're calling for a chance of flurries next Sunday. Now, I don't believe there will be flurries. I'm just telling you what the forecast is saying seven days in advance. But here's what I'm saying. In the Christian life, we get cold sometimes. We all do. You come to church on a Sunday and you're so fired up and you're so encouraged and then Monday hits you like a ton of bricks. 
Depression hits you. Discouragement hits you. Uh, the, the cares of this life uh, will, will put out that fire. I'm just saying you got to keep that fire going. Keep your heart warm towards the things of God. Don't get cold in your Christian life. Stay warm by letting the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God keep your light going. Number one, the Word is light. Number two, I see in verse 29, I see David is talking about leaping. Now, I'll say this. David knew something about battle. David had fought Goliath. David had led armies. David had his own special forces named after him. Um, what were they called? Was that the Air Force? Is that what they were called? Uh, Navy? Uh, Army? Maybe they were the Marines. You knew I was getting there, Brother Curry, right? He had his own special forces. David's mighty men. And here's what David said. When I've got God on my side, I can run through an entire troop. When I've got God on my side, doesn't matter how tall the walls are that the enemy has set up, doesn't matter how thick the walls are, doesn't matter how secure the walls are. He says, when I've got God on my side, he said, I can jump over those walls. Now, now just think about that attitude. I'm not saying that David ever did jump over the walls of a city, but he felt like with God's help, he felt like anything was possible. Now let's think about the children of Israel marching around those walls of Jericho. Those were some big walls. We've talked about that. They had houses built in the walls. The, that was the, the biggest city in all of Canaan. It was the, the fortress of the promised land that they had to conquer. They marched around those walls. Remember the, the spies, the, the first time when uh, Moses sent out those spies, 10 came back and they said, those walls are so big. Those walls are so great. We could never get into that city. And they're walking around those walls thinking, wow, these walls are big. But those walls weren't too big for God. All it took was God snapping his fingers, God speaking the word, and those walls came down. And think about David's attitude. Maybe he was thinking about Jericho when he said, I'm not worried about how big the walls are because I know how big my God is. I know how great God is. And friend, I don't know what the walls are in your life, but it doesn't matter how big they are. Because we have a God that is bigger, he's more powerful, he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. David said, not by me, but by my God have I leaped over a wall. Maybe this week you just need to have your attitude checked. Maybe I just need to have my attitude checked. Hey, quit looking at how big the enemy is and quit looking at how big the walls are and just get your eyes on how big God is. And he is able. I see number three in verse 30. We talked about this this morning in the life of Abraham who followed God's plan. But we see in verse 30, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. We see number three, God's leading. David says, I know this. I know that God's way is the right way. I know that God's way is the best way. I know that as for God, his way is perfect. I have in one of my Bibles, I have a message that Brother Nathan preached. I guess it's been about six years ago. And I stole a little bit of your outline, but I adjusted it a little bit to make it not completely plagiarized. But here it is in verse 30. I see, first of all, I see that God's way is perfect. 
God's way for your life is perfect. You say, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. God's way is perfect. I don't understand it. Didn't say you did. I didn't say I do. I just said, as for God, his way is perfect. His way is right. His way is complete. His way is the best for you. Just stay in his way. Stay on his path. Let God lead you, and you will not be sorry. I promise you, on the authority of God's word, his way is perfect. But number two, we see God's word is proven. It says in verse number 30, the word of the Lord is Tried, that word tried is proven like gold is tried in a furnace. When the gold goes through the furnace, it doesn't destroy the gold, it purifies the gold. It makes it even better, it makes it even more valuable, it makes it even more precious. We see God's word is proven. David used a, a similar word. When David was trying on Saul's armor before going to fight Goliath, you remember that? Saul said, well, hey, if you're going to go fight Goliath, you better take my armor. This is the best of the best. I mean, this is the, this is the, the most advanced technology. This is the strongest. This is the, uh, the best money can buy. He said, you better take my armor. Well, what did David say? He said, I haven't proven these. What he meant was, he said, those might be good for you, but I've never tried it. I've never had it work for me. And so what David was saying is, I'm going to go with God and God's strength instead of man's strength because he said, Saul, no offense, but I've not proven these. But I know what God's strength can do. I know what God's power can do. And so we see that the word of God is proven. This book right here, you say, well, well, what happens if, if I follow the word of God and it doesn't work? It will. You know why I know that? Because it's worked since the very beginning and it has no expiration. And it's not, it doesn't need to be rewritten. It doesn't need to be revised. God's word is forever settled in heaven. It is proven it will work. Amen. Say, well, I knew somebody once. Well, I'll tell you one thing. They didn't follow the word of God. Because God's word, it works. Follow it, live it, believe it. God will keep his promises. His word is proven. But then we see number three in this one verse. We see in verse 30 that God's warriors are protected. It says in verse 30 that God is a buckler. That word buckler is a shield. He is a shield to all those that trust in him. When you go to battle, you want to trust your commander. You want to trust the general. You want to trust the one who is in charge. You want to know that those people or that person knows what he or she is doing. When you go to battle for the Lord, I want to tell you this. He's going to protect you. And we are in a battle. We are in a war. We have to have the armor of God because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we're fighting against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. So we have to go to battle with protection. You say, well, pastor, what is the shield? Well, this verse doesn't say what the shield is. This verse tells us who. The shield is. 
God is our shield. God is our buckler. We take the shield of faith. It is faith not in what, but faith in who? It is faith in God. Genesis 15, God told Abraham, fear not. Abraham, I am thy shield. Psalm 3, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. Proverbs 30, verse 5, every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Verse 31, we see the Lord. Verse 31, for who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock save our God? David makes it very clear who he's talking about. So there would never be any debate or there would never be any question. Which God is he talking about? Is he talking about the God of the Amorites? Is he talking about uh, the, the God of the, 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 the lands of Canaan? Is he talking about the God of the Philistines? Oh no, he's not talking about those. He's talking about the Lord. He's talking about Jehovah, the one who is self-existent, the God who is eternal. There is only one God. We don't just have the best God. We have the only God. And David said, my God is my rock and he will save. Verse 32, it is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. There we see again, God's way is perfect. Number five, we see God lifting David. It is God that girdeth me with strength. The Bible tells us we're to have our loins girt about with truth. God is the one who equips us with the strength that we need for the battle. Our battles are won through the strength and through the leading of our captain. I see in verse 33, I see David talking about lofty places. He says in verse 33, God makes my feet like hind's feet. That is, that is a deer that lives in the mountains and God makes my feet like hind's feet and he setteth me upon my high places. That word high places is talking about elevated uh, locations, elevated places in the mountains. We know that the, the hind, the deer, is very swift. Can I tell you, sometimes it's good to have swift feet, isn't it, when that enemy's coming and you got to run. Not run from the enemy, but run to God. Isn't it good to be able to get quickly to God? The hind has feet that are swift, but the hind has feet that are stable. That, that deer is able to, to position its feet in the mountains and on tight ledges and, and, and steep slopes. And, and in life, we, we go through some difficult terrain sometimes, don't we? Sometimes it's hard just to get your, your footing. Sometimes it's hard just to get your bearings. But God gives us feet that are stable and God gives us feet that get us to safety. Say, why would we want to be in the high places? Because in the high places, that's where that hind, that's where that deer can have safety from the predators that would try to devour it. And you and I, we're no match for the devil. We can't fight the devil on our own unless we get to God, unless we run to him for safety, unless we get to him who is our rock and our fortress. We see in verse 34, we see some lessons David says, God is teaching my hands to war. A soldier that goes to battle must be trained in the use of his weapons. Now we have in our church, we have many uh, folks who are in law enforcement. 
And uh, I've been to some of those graduations for the BLET, and they'll, they'll talk about the different, uh, different awards for those with accuracy and those yeah, shooting at targets and all those things. And that makes me feel good knowing that those people are trained. Then we have other people. We have other people who have weapons, and we hope they're trained, right? We hope that they know what they're shooting at. But it sure is good to have training. It sure is good to have been taught the lessons for battle, for going into a dangerous situation. But here's what else I know about law enforcement, or here's what else I know about military, is that the training is ongoing. And I want to say in the Christian life, our training ought to be ongoing. We ought to every day be learning. Every day we ought to be seeking God and asking God, teach me and, and show me and direct me and guide me. David gives God the glory for teaching him. He said, it is God that has taught my hands to war and, and he's given me the strength to break a bow of steel with my arms. Now that's supernatural. When you can take a, a, a bow that is made of steel and you can break that. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, that's pretty awesome stuff right there. That's, you know, world's strongest man kind of stuff. But David says, God has given me some, some supernatural power. There's times where, where, where I had power that wasn't my own. It was God that gave it. I'm thankful for people in my life who have taught me. I'm thankful for people who have mentored me. And I want to always be quick to give thanks to those people. But I want to remind us that it is God that needs to teach us some things. So, well, Pastor, I've learned a lot from you. Well, I would take that as a great compliment, and I hope you have learned something. I hope I have been able to be a help from you. There's going to be a time where the pastor's not going to be there. There's going to be a time where that dear friend or that dear teacher or that dear family member's not going to be there. You're going to have to get alone with God. You're going to have to get in the Word of God. You're going to have to spend some time in prayer. You're going to have to ask God to teach you and ask God to show you. Verse 34. Lastly, I see verse 35. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation. There's another reference to the shield and the protection. And thy right hand hath holden me up, and thy gentleness hath made me great. I see number eight. I see leaning. David talks about God's hand holding him up. Now, Brother Curry, I'm going I'm to ask a Marine. I'd ask Gabriel, but he's kind of trapped in there. But Brother Curry, I need, I need a Marine to help me. If you could just step up here real quick, Brother. And I'm trusting. Now, if this illustration does not go well, all the other branches, all the other branches of military are going to give you a hard time, okay? So no okay. pressure. So, so Brother Curry is going to represent the Lord. And I'm, I'm, you are right-handed, right? Most of the time. Most of the time. Ooh, I like that. Well, it depends. Brother. <laughs> That coat, that coat's <laughs> going to break there if you keep doing that. Um, so this is the right hand, and God says that, that he, he gives us his right hand of power. That's the strong arm. Now, God doesn't have a weak arm. I don't think you know that. But God's power is so great. But David says, God, I need you to hold me up with your right hand. You know what that means? It means there were times where David felt like he couldn't stay up on his own. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like you couldn't go another step? You feel like you couldn't go another day, and I'm not talking about being weird, I'm not talking about being spooky, but you're just, you're zapped. Spiritually, you're, you feel like you're, you're under the attacks, and just emotionally you're drained, and there's days like that where you can't hold yourself up. But it sure is good, Brother Curry, just kind of hold my arm there, okay? 
It sure is nice, isn't it, some days? Or even when you feel like you can't stay up. You're not staying up in your own strength. But you got the right arm of God. You got the hand of God that's holding you up. You know that song we sang in the hymn book? What have I to dread? What have I to fear? What are we doing? We're leaning on the everlasting arms. David said, there's times where I can't hold myself up. So I'm just leaning. But I'm so glad I've got a God that won't let me down. I'm glad I've got an arm there to hold me up when I cannot stand. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.